Hi everyone, it's good to be back again sharing with you another message. So last week I talked about the value of honour. I talked about creating a culture of honour. I used Exodus chapter 20 verse 12, honour your father and your mother. And I looked at that Hebrew word kavad. And kavad means to be heavy, to make weighty and to value. In other words, right, it is to value that relationship with the person. It also has the meaning of abounding. And so to honor someone is to actually recognize a person as weighty in value, worthy of respect. To honor is to place weight or value on a person and that relationship. And we also saw when honor is present, it creates an environment conducive for persons and their relationships to flourish and abound. So from that word kavad, it also, there is also this word kavod. And kabod or kavod is translated in, to glory in English. And it comes from that root word kavad. And it means, again, weight and glory. And you see that in Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory or the kavad of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So you see the word kavad, honor, is also closely connected to this word kavod, glory. In other words, there's a close connection between honor and the glory of God. God tabernacles or dwells in a culture of honor. That's why it's so important for us to cultivate and to maintain a culture of honor. If we want to see this culture of honor in relationships that we have among ourselves, we want to see um, our relationships abound and flourish and be blessed by God. And if we want to see the presence of God, the glory of God and the blessings of God reside in all our relationships, then it is so crucial for us to not only cultivate but maintain the culture of honor in all our relationships. So today I want to take you to the New Testament where Paul speaks about this culture of honor, but he uses a different word to describe this practice of honor. And he, he uses three examples, important relationships that we have in our everyday lives. He, he looks at the relationship between a husband and wife. He looks at the relationship between parents and children. And he looks at the relationship between employee and employer. And so I've entitled today's message, The Practice of Honor. We've looked at the value of honor last week. Now, how does that work out in everyday life? And so we want to look at the practice of honor. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll read from verse 22 onwards. And here Paul shows us a practical way we can create a culture of honor in the three different relationships that he talks about. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. So that's Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another 
out of reverence for Christ. Now, before he enters into these three relationships, these examples of three relationships of everyday living, he gives us the key, the interpretive key to this passage of Scripture. And he says this, the key to developing and maintaining this culture of honor is submitting to one another. It's mutual submission. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then he goes on to talk about the relationship between husband and wife, relationship between parents and children, and employer and employee. So let's take a look at this word submission. This word submit, because it has very strong negative connotations to it. And so when we talk about the word submit, many people react to it and the reason they react to it is because this word submit has this power and control over people. It can really be oppressive if it's misunderstood. So I want to take you to the biblical understanding of submit. Because Paul is saying this is the key to developing a culture of honor. Submit to one another, mutual submission. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. So there's this word submit, and that's the key to creating the culture of honor, but to one another. That means it's not just one person submitting. Every individual in the relationship submits to one another. Otherwise, this won't work. Otherwise, it's not a culture of honor. But not only submit to one another. He says, why submit? Why submit to one another? Out of reverence for Christ. It's in this relationship that we have with Christ. And as we begin to try and emulate Christ in our lives out of that being like Christ. He invites us like Christ to submit ourselves to one another. And then he looks at these three relationships. So first let us look at this word submit and what does the Greek word or the biblical meaning of the word submit. The word submit is the word hupatasso. It's made up of two Greek words. Hupo means under and tasso. To arrange in an orderly manner to be assigned to a certain position. So hupatasso carries the idea of coming under and rearranging or repositioning yourself to, to one another. So he says, come under, reposition yourself to one another. In reverence to Christ. So biblical submission means to come under and to reposition. To come under whom? Not to come under one another, but to come under Christ. Because it is out of reverence for Christ that you're doing it. It's out of reverence for Christ that you are trying to work out this relationship. It is out of reverence for Christ. So you come under, you submit yourself to Christ. And then as you come under Christ, you reposition yourself in this relationship in order for culture, in order for honor to be present in that relationship. So I don't come under an individual, I come under Christ. But out of reverence for Christ, I choose to reposition myself in this relationship in order to create the culture of honor. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, who potasso to one another, come under 
and reposition yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this is why we submit. And this needs to be very clear. We don't just submit to one, we submit to one another. And so I submit to Christ and I reposition myself in a relationship in order to create and maintain a culture of honor. Why do I do that? Because God dwells in a culture of honor. The blessings of God flows in a culture of honor. I want God to dwell in my relationships. I want the presence of God to dwell in my relationships. Because when the presence of God is in my relationships, then the provision of God is there. The protection of God is there along with his presence. And so I value that. And in order to have the presence of God in every relationship, I need to cultivate the culture of honor. And how do I do that? In practice, I submit one to another. I hopotasso. I come under Christ and reposition myself in every relationship in order for honor to be present in that relationship. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Let's look at how this relationships, how this works out in the relationship that Paul gives examples of. He uses, he uses the analogy of marriage and uh, or the examples of marriage. He uses the examples of a relationship between a child and a parent. And he uses the example of an employee and employee and shows us how in practical sense, how is that worked out? This hupotasso concept. How is that worked out in these relationships? So let's look at the first example, the relationship of marriage. And for that, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. For the wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now this sounds really difficult and I can imagine uh, wives reacting to this, but it must be read in tandem with verse 33. So again I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. So Paul gives us an idea what that looks like. What does this submitting to your husband looks like? In practice, it looks like respect. It looks like showing respect in a relationship. Now he uses the analogy of a body. Now everybody knows this. You have one body, you have one head. You can't have two heads in one body. And that's that's why he uses the analogy of the body. And he says someone needs to be the head. And so in order for the body to have one head, in order for this union of marriage, this unity of marriage to really thrive, someone needs to take the role of the head. And so the invitation that God says, because you're submitted to Christ, he invites you then to submit to your husband. And how do you do that? through respect. Now, the wife is not a doormat. Neither is she the neck that turns the head. It's the spirit of mutual submission that is called for. And in order for the wife to hupotasso, in order for the wife to submit to the husband, 
She comes under Christ. She submits to Christ. And the way she submits to Christ is by repositioning herself in this relationship and choosing to allow the husband to take the leadership role in the marriage. In that way, by Hupotaso coming under Christ and allowing the husband to be the head of the home, she creates honor in that relationship. She creates the culture of honor in that relationship. And so respect is the ingredient that the wife is cultivating in the relationship. She shows, she shows, she shows respect in the relationship. But the husband is called to show love. And so let's take a look at what the husband, how the husband has to reposition himself. Now that the wife, through um, submission to Christ, allows the husband to take the role of headship in the home, then he now has to reposition. If he doesn't reposition, he is not committed to this culture of honor. And he's not committed to the command of Christ to mutually submit to one another. And so he too has to hupotasos. And the way he does that, we see it in verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So how does the husband now, now that the wife has repositioned herself in order to cultivate this culture of honor, how does the husband respond? Well, the husband has to respond likewise to come under Christ and to reposition. And he repositions himself through the act of love. Not just love, but sacrificial love. Not just flowers to say you're sorry. You love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave up his life for her. Not just I'll buy you dinner in a posh restaurant, but husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Not just saying I love you, but actually doing the acts of love just as Christ cares for the church. That's a tall order. And that's what husbands are called to do. If your wife is submitting to Christ and repositioning herself to respect you and give you this honor of leading the home, then you better reposition yourself and be like Christ and the way he cares for his church. Sacrificial love, giving up your will 
for her will, giving up your needs for her needs, giving up your desires for her desires. You're not asking, what do I need? You're asking, what does she need? You're not asking, what do I want? You're asking, what does she want? You're not asking, what is best for me? You're now asking, what is best for her? And in that way, the husband hupotasso, the husband practices coming under Christ and repositioning himself by responding to love his wife the way Christ sacrificially has loved the church. And so that's what marriage looks like in the Bible. That's how Paul sees the culture of honor cultivated and played out in a marriage setting. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loved himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So in other words, husbands, you are in charge of love. Make sure love is present in your marriage. And how do you do that? By showing sacrificial love to your wife. Wives, you are in charge of respect. Make sure respect is present in your marriage. And how do you do that? By respecting him and allowing your husband to take leadership in the home. Now, when that mutual submission is going on, when that truly functioning relationship between husband and wife, where the husband is loving his wife as he loves himself, and the wife is respecting the husband and allowing him to take his leadership role, when that is happening, the culture of honor is present in that marriage. Now let's take a look at the other example of how Hupatasso is lived out. And that's in the relationship between parents and children. So let's look at the next verse. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Again, the practice of Hupatasso. Hupo, coming under. How does a child come under? You come under Christ because you belong to the Lord. How does a child reposition? Obey your parents. But there is also a call for the father to reposition himself. And look at the next verse. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So again, fathers called to come under. Come under Christ. That means you discipline and you instruct from the Lord. It's directions from the Lord. That's how you do it. And how do you reposition yourself? Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. I spoke about this last week and I'm saying it again. In order for the culture of honor to be present in the home between parents and children, the father needs to be very careful. And this is, goes to the mother as well. Be very careful that we do not provoke our children as they respond and come under Christ and obey their parents. As parents, we need to come under Christ. And the moment we notice anger that's present in a child, it's a call for us to reposition not provoking, not pushing them to act on their anger, repositioning ourselves, taking a step back, giving them space to work out what has just been instructed of them. 
So we see how hupataso, submitting one to another, is also practiced in a relationship between children and parents. Finally, that relationship between employer and employee. So let's look at the final scripture. Ephesians 6, 5 to 8. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Now, we do not have slaves today, and we recognize the oppression that slavery has brought about in the world. But friends, when Paul was speaking, that was the condition of the society then. He wasn't in a position to change that. But what he was in a position to do was to speak to um, Christian slave owners and Christian slaves. And so I think we can take that principle and use it for the modern day um, situation where there are employers and employees. And this is something that if you're an employer, you need to catch hold of. If you're an employee, you need to also allow this to sink deep in, right? And this is what he says, that that culture of honor needs to be there in a relationship between employer and employee. And so how do you do that? How do you mutually submit? How do you practice hupotaso in a workplace environment? And Paul is suggesting that you do it this way. Serve them as for the employee. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. So you come under Christ and Everything you do, every day you go to work, you're saying, Lord, I'm serving you. Everything I do, I do for you. Everything I do is to serve you with a sincere heart. And so you come under Christ and serve Christ in your workplace. But you also reposition yourself. Come under and reposition. You reposition by saying, this is the will of God where I am at the moment. And so you do the will of God with all your heart. You work with enthusiasm. You bring enthusiasm into, the, into your work environment as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Now, what about bosses? What about employers? And so Paul gives them this instruction as well. Employers, you too need to mutually submit. What does mutual submission look like? in a workplace when there is a Christian employer who's trying to do the will of God. This is what it looks like. Ephesians 6 verse 9. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven and he has no favorites. And so the hopotasso principle comes in. How does the employer come under the same way that this employee comes under. You come under your same master. You have a boss too. And, and he is no respecter of the position you hold in your company. Doesn't matter if you're CEO. Christ does not favor position. He favors obedience. And so the employer is called to submit himself to Christ because he is your boss. How do you reposition yourself as an employer? 
you, you treat your slaves the same way they treat you, as though you're working for the Lord. Don't mistreat them. In fact, he uses the word, don't threaten them. In other words, don't use fear as a tool to get your best work out of your employers, employees. You reposition yourself knowing that as you encourage them, as you build them up, as you try and get the best out of them, you know that you have a, a master, you have a boss that you are also subject to, that you are also answerable to on how you treat your employees. And so in that same way, Paul is inviting employers and employees to create this environment of mutual submission. How do you do that? You do that through coming under Christ and repositioning yourself so that honor is maintained in the, in the work environment. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So those are the three examples of how the culture of honor can be lived out in everyday life. And maybe you say to yourself, I don't really function in any of these three examples. It doesn't apply to me. Well, the principle still applies that you submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. In every relationship, if you want to create and maintain a culture of honor, it requires mutual submission from all parties. You submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Hupotasso. Hupo, to come under Christ. Tasso, to reposition, to do things in a different way so that it will show weight and value to the people you are relating to in whatever circumstances and environment you are in. Why do you do that? All this in order to create and maintain the culture of honor. Why do we want the culture of honor? Because God dwells in a culture and an environment of honor. And if God is dwelling in your relationships, then my friends, with God's presence comes God's provision. With God's presence comes God's protection. And that's why relationships within the culture of honor flourish and are blessed by God. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. For more resources, or if you would like to support this ministry, visit us at activefaith.org.nz.